Today on The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe. Will you come with me to the manger and see Jesus, the Son of God, the magnificent Christ, the one born to die. There is salvation. There is forgiveness of sins. Think of that, that all of your sins can totally be forgiven and that you receive everlasting life, eternal life. Merry Christmas. Welcome to The Verdict, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor John Monroe. God's love for you and me is demonstrated through the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, and is more than we could ever hope or imagine. Today on The Verdict, we're continuing a Christmas series called At the Manger by turning our full attention to the magnificent Christ. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe to introduce today's lesson. Merry Christmas. On this busy day, I very much appreciate you taking the time to tune into Verdict. Over the Christmas season, we've been thinking of various people at the manger. Joseph, Mary, the shepherds, and now the central figure, not only of the manger, but of all of human history, and yes, all of eternity. I'm referring to our magnificent Lord Jesus Christ. As we look at the manger, we cannot fail to marvel at the love of God to us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So today, Christmas Day, as we look at the magnificent Christ in the manger, I want us to meditate and to wonder at the love of God. Luke chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And while they were there, that's at Bethlehem, the time came for her, Mary, to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. At Christmas, we've been thinking of the theme at the manger, and we've thought of those who were at the manger, obviously Joseph and Mary uh, and the shepherds, and most important of all, the central figure, not only of the manger, but of all of human history and all of eternity, is our Lord and Savior, the magnificent Christ. And with the coming of God's Son into the world, God's greatest gift is offered to each one of us. At Christmas, we reflect often about love, love within families, love of friends, love for those less fortunate than ourselves. Loving and being loved surely are one of the most wonderful experiences of life, to love someone and to receive love. Some people say they don't believe in love at first sight. Personally, I do. It's when you've been living with someone for many years that love really becomes remarkable, isn't it? As we find that there are no perfect people in this world. But as we come to the manger, we reflect not just about human love, wonderful although that is and fulfilling it is to a certain extent, we think about the love of God. The Bible says that God so loved us. Think of that little word, word so. God so loved the world. Several years ago, I was speaking at a conference in Los Alamos, uh, New Mexico, and uh, they say there's more PhDs per square mile there than anywhere else in the face of the, the world. And I was staying with a, uh, with a laser physicist. I still don't know what laser physics is about. But isn't it wonderful 
that the message of Christmas, the message of the good news of the gospel, is not as complicated as laser physics. This message of the good news, this message of Christmas, is so simple that our children can understand it as we explain it to them. I learned about it as a little boy. And yet this message of Christ's love for us is so powerful and is so profound that it transforms our lives. Not only does it transform our lives, it saves our soul. And as we come to the manger, as we've been invited uh, to do so, I want us to think about God's love for us. John, the apostle, uh, who is the disciple whom Jesus loved and loved to write about love, says this in his first letter, chapter 4, verse 7. He says, in this the love of God was made manifest among us that God, listen to this, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And then John says, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. The love of God. The love of God is immeasurable. John says, here in 1 John, as we just read, and as we have in the words of Jesus in John 3.16, that God so loved us. It's not just that God loves, it, it is that God so loves us. But it's not just that God so loves us, John tells us in his epistles that God is love. That is, God's love is not incidental to him. God's love is an essential attribute and revelation of who he is. We can't think about God other than thinking this, that God is love. So the Bible says God so loved the world. Think of that. This love is universal. It's not confined to one particular race of people or category of people or a certain type of person. No, this love embraces the whole world. Wherever you're from, whatever your background, whatever the color of your skin, whatever your native tongue, this is true, that God loves you. That's amazing, isn't it? Most of us don't have too much difficulty thinking of God loving the little children, innocent little children, but as we get older and we make a mess of our lives, it becomes much more amazing, isn't it? Much more humbling to think that in spite of who we are and in spite of what we've done, God loves us. That first Christmas, the angel announced to the shepherds that the good news was to all the people. Not just the shepherds, not just to the Jews, not just to the Romans, but to all the people. And so Jesus says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. His love is immeasurable. But also this love of God is causeless. God's love is uncaused. If you're listening carefully, as I read from John's epistle, it says it wasn't that we loved God first, no. Wasn't that you woke up one day and says, I'm going to start loving God. No, it wasn't that at all. It was that first God loved 
us. And God doesn't love us because we're good people. God doesn't love us because we've done wonderful things. No, His love is unconditional. Furthermore, it is undeserved. There's nothing in us deserving of God's love. And because of that, we can contribute nothing towards our salvation. So the Apostle Paul, this man who was a very zealous Jew but was converted on the road to Damascus, he says this about the love of God, that God demonstrates His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Did you get that? That God's love is uncaused as He sees us, as our Lord Jesus comes into this world, as God sends His Son into the world. It's a dark world. It's a world that is rebelling against God. It's a God full of people like you and me who want to live our own lives, who don't like anyone telling us what to do. I'll live my own way. I'll walk my own path. Don't tell me what to do. I'm sufficient. I can live any way I want. And in spite of that, God sends His Son. The word for that is grace. Grace. We believe in God's grace. God's love is an outpouring of His grace. And grace, by definition, is undeserved, unmerited, undeserved. It's not that we deserve the love of God. That's why we marvel at this great truth of grace. The Bible says it is by grace that you're saved. God's love for us is totally uncaused by anything that we do. It is totally of His grace. You know, that's good news. Because if God only loved those who were good people, who always did the right thing, would any of you qualify here? Any hands up? Any perfect people here? I don't think so. All of us, without exception, have messed up to a greater or lesser extent. The, Bible word, the Bible's word for that is sin, that Christ died for us. He came to us while we were yet sinners. His love for us is uncaused. I hope you receive a lot of gifts. You may receive a gift from someone that you've helped, someone that you've been kind to this year, and, and they want to show their love for you by giving you a gift. In a sense, you deserve the gift. You've done something for it. That's not the gospel. The gospel is you don't deserve this gift. God is offering you the gift of salvation, a free gift, totally unmerited, totally uncaused. That's why we often sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved wonderful people who come to church on Christmas Eve. No. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved wretches like you and me. God so loved us in our selfishness, in our self-absorption, in our rebellion, in our sin. This love springs from the heart of God, a God who is love, a God of grace. And at this time of year, particularly, we celebrate that God loves come, comes to us and we are undeserving of it. It's immeasurable. It's causeless, but it's demonstrated. God's love is shown, is demonstrated by giving His Son. It's very easy to say to someone, I love you. People say to us, oh, I love you. 
It's almost like at the end of a conversation. I love you. We say, oh, I love you. Often it's a cliche. Often it's meaningless. Very easy to say to someone, I love you. No, authentic love is well. No, true love. Love from the heart is demonstrated. It's, it's shown. You, you show your love to your friends. You show your love to your husband, to your wife, to your children, your grandchildren, uh, colleagues at work. You, you demonstrate that. How would you know if someone loves you unless they show it? And it's shown particularly in action. Here is the proof. Here's the evidence that God loves us. It's not that He just opens heaven and shouts down to us. No, He comes to us. Look at the marvel of that. That the infinite God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, who speaks and is done, who commands and stands fast, that this God, the eternal God, the God who made you, the God comes from heaven, from eternity, beyond time and space, coming into human history. So John says the word becomes flesh. And notice how he comes, a baby, born in Bethlehem, born in a, in a stable, laid in an animal's feeding trough. That, that's God demonstrating his love for you, his entry into human history. And for what purpose? It is to die for the sins of the world. We sang, what child is this? Who is this one? Just a baby, just a sentimental story? No. This is Jesus. His name, Jesus, Yeshua, Savior. He will save his people from their sins. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The Father is giving his son. Love is demonstrated by giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's it. This is God's greatest gift to us. In love, he sends his son, the magnificent Christ, to be our savior. And he comes to die for us. In the passage I read, John uses a, an unusual word, a theological word, the word propitiation. He says he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That is, Jesus comes as an atoning sacrifice. He's the Lamb of God who's going to die on the cross, who's going to bear the judgment we deserve. And so it is true we see the love of God at the manger, but the greatest demonstration of the love of God is at the cross. The innocent Christ, the perfect Christ, as he bears the sins of John Monroe on himself. This perfect Christ bearing my sin. That's love, isn't it? That's a demonstration of his love. And not only does he die for my sins, he's buried, and he demonstrates that he's God by rising from the dead. That's unique in the history of the world. No one else has come from heaven to earth, lived a perfect life, died, and then in his own power, rose from the dead so that the Lord Jesus Christ is alive. And this is why he and he alone can offer us eternal life. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I need that everlasting life. This is God's way of salvation, his only way. No church, no sacrament, no religious background, nothing that I can do can save myself. No, it's all of God's grace. It's a gift which He now offers to me in Jesus Christ through the person and work of Christ. Have you received the gift? Are, are, you, are you saved? You say, oh, I don't know if I like that word. Well, it's a biblical word. We come to the end of a year, we look back over the year and the reality is some of our friends, some of the people we know have gone into eternity. Life is fragile, life is, is, is brief, comes through people of all ages. And so here's my question, when you come and you stand before God, yes, you will stand before God. One day I'm going to stand before God who is my creator. I'm going to stand before God. On what basis do you expect God to allow you to enter heaven? I'm a pretty nice guy, really. That's what you think. You think your goodness, you think what you do can get you into heaven. Your performance, absolutely not. The only basis of salvation is by grace and grace alone. Paul says that by Grace are you saved, and that not of yourself. No, it's a gift of God, not a result of works, not based on what you do so that there's no boasting. No one's boasting in heaven, no. Our only hope for eternal life is found in our Savior Jesus Christ who came to seek and to save the lost. Will you come with me to the manger? and see Jesus, the Son of God, the magnificent Christ, the one born to die. We come to the cross. There is salvation. There is forgiveness of sins. Think of that, that all of your sins can totally be forgiven, wiped out, totally gone, and that you receive, not that you deserve this, but through Jesus Christ, you receive everlasting life, eternal life. That's a gift that's offered to you. You say, that sounds too, too simple, John. That's the gospel. It is simple, but profound. Think of the cost. Very costly, but offered to you freely. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He comes and He opens His hands and says, come to me, and I'll give you rest. I'll forgive your sins. I'll give you eternal life, will you, you come. No, you have nothing to offer. You come with your open hand. You come with empty hands. All that you bring are your sins. Christ comes, and through the power of the resurrection, and based on His atoning sacrifice on the cross, He and He alone is able to save you and to cleanse you and give you eternal life. And I'm asking you if you've never done that today, yes, right now, to receive this Savior. Queen Elizabeth II, as you know, died, and a few years ago she says this, as I embark on my 91st year, I invite you to join me in reflecting in the words of a poem quoted by my father, King George VI, in his Christmas Day broadcast in 1939, 
the year that this country, the United Kingdom, went to war for the second time in a quarter of a century. Here's the, here's the poem. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. That's it, isn't it? We're going into a new year. Some of you are very nervous about it, perhaps because of your employment, perhaps because of your marriage, perhaps because of your health, and you're very, very nervous. You wonder about it. Put your hand into the hand of Christ. He's offering you salvation. Think of the wonder. This is the promise of Christmas that the Savior comes to us. He holds out his hand, and I come with my sin. And I say, yes, Lord, forgive me. I believe that you're the Son of God, risen from the dead, and I receive you as my Savior. And he takes my hand, and the wonder is that he'll never, ever let me go. For all of my life, whether it's an hour or several years, I don't know. But he's with me. You say, what about death? He never asked me to go where he's never gone. And so I go with him from life into death and into eternal life. Will you pray? For some of you, you need a prayer of recommitment. You're, you are, your trust is in Christ, but you've strayed a while. Some of you are not yet saved. You've never received Christ. Will you pray? this prayer with me, if it reflects your heart. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love. I confess my sins. Thank you for coming to this earth and, and loving me and dying on the cross for my sins. I believe that on the third day you rose from the dead as the Son of God, and I, I now trust you as my Savior. Forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my life, take my hand, grant me eternal life, and help me to live for you. Amen. You're listening to The Verdict with Pastor John Monroe and a special Christmas message titled, The Magnificent Christ. To revisit this lesson or to share it with family and friends, just visit our website at theverdict.org. There you'll also find many helpful biblical resources like our special featured booklet, to help you gain a deeper understanding of salvation and the eternal security we find through the gift of Jesus Christ, we want to send you this special booklet by John titled, Eternal Security, Finding Certainty in a Chaotic World. John shares a bit of his personal testimony as he guides you through Scripture to help you deal frankly and honestly with personal doubts and questions. This booklet is completely free as our gift to you, either by mail or digital download. Just visit our website at theverdict.org. Here at The Verdict, we're dedicated to bringing you the truth of God's Word every day. And our efforts are made possible with the help and faithful support from listeners like you. So during this special season of giving, please consider donating to this radio ministry. Your contributions, big or small, fuel our mission to share the gospel. To make a one-time gift today or set up a recurring donation every month, just go online to theverdict.org. Or you can set up your donation over the phone by calling 833-551-2231.
You can also send a check in the mail by writing to us at The Verdict, Care of Calvary Church, 5801 Pineville Matthews Road, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28226. Now, here's Pastor John Monroe. Well, what's your verdict? I don't know what your experience of human love has been, but I want to share with you today that God loves you. I'm talking to you personally. I trust that on this Christmas, you're surrounded by people you love and who love you. But irrespective of that, God loves you, no matter what you've done. As we've seen, His love is immeasurable, causeless, demonstrated, and now it calls for a response. Will you receive the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ? That would truly make it a memorable Christmas. Thanks for joining us today on The Verdict. I'm Michelle Davies. Today's program with Pastor John Monroe was produced and sponsored by Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina.